Welcome to the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am your host, Michelle Berman-Michael, and my mission with this podcast is simple, to help realtors and loan officers across the world tap into the value Instagram can have for them and their business. To me, organic business that comes to us is the name of the game. On this show, you're going to hear from myself, other experts across social media, and also others that are just like you selling real estate and doing loans and doing it at a high level on social media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode number four of the Coffee and Questions podcast. I am very excited about our guest today. He is a great personal friend of mine, somebody who I've had the pleasure of doing business in real life with and virtually, which is fun. But none other than Jesse Dowie is here with me. Um, He is the founder of Channel Junkies, which is the number one YouTube platform for real estate agents on the planet. I've never seen anything work the way that he works this. And it's been amazing to be a part of even just watching how some of his clients have done or how they've been able to do what they've done through his channel. So I'm really excited to have him. But the first thing I want to talk about is before this uh, recording started, Jesse and I got to talk off air and he gave me some some statistics that I want to just share with y'all and then let him unpack it. So in 2017, 2018, and 2019, he averaged $12 million in production per year. In 2020, that jumped to 50 million in production. And in 2021, the number he gave me guys was $100 million in production. And all of this was done through YouTube. So Jesse, why don't you introduce Mm -hmm. yourself a little bit to everybody listening and then unpack that entire crazy number for us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm super stoked. And um, yeah, it, it is a, it's been a crazy wild ride. And honestly, like when I look back on it, it just seems like I started in real estate yesterday because I started out in real estate um, in uh, 2017, uh, never, no experience in the real estate industry. And, you know, the thing that I, I saw really quickly was that the cold calling, door knocking and open houses weren't for me. Um, even though I built my entire business on FISBOs and open houses, so for sale by owners, And I was making six figures plus in corporate America. And when I got into real estate, I just had to find where the hottest leads were. So for that, I knew that people, if they're looking at open houses, they're obviously interested in buying and people with a for sale sign in their yard are want to sell their house. So I'm like, all right, these are the two easiest leads, but it was such a grind to be chasing all these clients. And, you know, after doing that for 12 months, I was getting really sick. I was having a lot of uh, anxiety. I didn't even know what anxiety was, but I discovered it. And then, um, I was, cause I was getting really sick every weekend and it was just like, I didn't know when the next check was coming in. Uh, and I hated that. I hated that lifestyle and I wanted to create some security. And so I actually hired a coach. I thought he was going to solve all my life's problems. Like so many real estate agents do. Um, and I actually interviewed a couple of coaches. And the one reason that I, I picked this one was he's actually the one that I learned how to cold, cold call through. Um, and then I created all my own scripts, but, uh, he said the key and the magical, potion of real estate is when you can turn into an attractor and be basically do magnetic marketing and get clients coming to you versus you chasing clients. And he was really big into Facebook and I wasn't a fan of Facebook and corporate America. I was actually worked with companies that got rid of traditional TV, radio, billboards uh, style advertising back in like 2010 and went 100% into digital and social. So I had a real in-depth background into social media marketing before it was ever even a cool thing. And we got trained at the highest level because our clients were just saying that we were absolutely insane, that like nobody's ever going to buy into this. And it was really important to like interrupt the consumer at the point of purchase. Um, But so I was trying to take myself through the client experience and like 
if I was moving across the country or I was moving, like, what would I be searching for? What would I be looking up? And honestly, in my own opinion, and this is the reason that I love your platform so much is because we talk about content marketing and like also building your own brand of who you are. Like my business partner, Jackson, he's never, he says, I sold two houses in my name yet. I'm the worst real estate agent on the planet. And people call me every single day to buy and sell real estate. And it isn't about your level of success. People don't give a crap about that stuff. Like people just want someone that they can call, trust and connect with. And so for me, it was like, I can establish a real solid relationship with the consumer on YouTube through video way before they're even like thinking about, you know, interest rates, three bedroom, two bath homes. They don't care about your open house. They don't care about Joe's crab shack on the corner. Jackson actually just posted a video this morning about this, how we did hundreds and hundreds of community style videos and poured back into the community and wasted about a year that doing that and wasted a hundred thousand dollars. Um, and we never even got a deal from that, but we did hundreds of videos. And it was actually a video that he did of a school doing a trout release program. And, um, when we talk about the roads that we've hoed, it, it's crazy. We've done everything the wrong way. We've learned a lot of lessons along the way, but when you get those, when you have those, like, you know, they talk about like power moves and, you know, those aha moments. Um, there's some key points of our journey of when those hit and wh what it did to our business. So when you talk about going from 12 million to 50 to 100 million in sales, and I know right now there's probably people on Google searching my name going, Jesse doesn't even show that he sells single real estate. And that's true. I don't sell real estate. So what I do is I generate my, my clients for my agents. And they close them. I let them take all the credit. I don't want to have anything to do with any transactional real estate business. And I only get paid on the deals that I generate. So of that 100 million, it was all 100% the deals that I handed to another agent that I just received a referral split on. Um, they get to keep all their own business. And it really created a magical... Um, it was just a new way of doing real estate that no one had ever seen before. And I was so confident in the system that I built that I... You know, expanded it to other markets, test out it, tested other markets, and um, you know, like I said, it was a long journey. I don't know how much you want to know about it, but it was super important. But like I said, the one reason that I was really drawn to your type of uh, marketing was that you said the exact same thing. To, is my message was the same message that you were preaching, and it's so funny when I see that along the other social media platforms now. It's like it is true. It's like nobody cares about how many houses you sold last year. Nobody cares. Like it's not going to make somebody decide to call you. The reason that they're calling you is because they they built a connection with you. And I actually hired a psychologist one time when I was selling for sale by owners because I, I wanted to understand like why people would hire someone with no experience versus somebody with lots of experience. And the psychologist actually told me that when uh, you have allowed somebody in your house, that's the safest space that you have. So you already feel comfortable with that agent because they're a friend. They've already been in your safe space it's hard for somebody to let a stranger into their safe space. So with YouTube and Instagram, like you do, what you're doing is you're, you're creating a connection with somebody when they're in their safe space, which is really cool. And you're giving them the content when they're looking for it. Um, so that's why I specifically geared towards YouTube versus anything else. Um, we obviously do uh, our Instagram with you, but uh, you know, same concept, same situation, and a lot of uh, really good um, you know, collaboration there, I really think is important. So I know that was a lot. You can ask me anything that you want and we can get into it. Yeah, I'm, I love this so much. And I think one of the questions that I want to ask of you for the audience, and I think uh, maybe you can cater this however you want to, but you and I have done an event together in real life and you got to come speak at one of my events in, in Phoenix, which is how we met. 
but the 10 people that were in that private mastermind with me, their questions were all the same. They wanted to Mm -hmm. know how can I do YouTube and do it the same way that you teach it, Michelle on Instagram, but make it for YouTube without making YouTube mad. Right. Meaning that there are algorithms, there are things that you're supposed to do uh, that on, you could do on Instagram that you wouldn't necessarily do on YouTube and then vice versa. Right. And even um, just knowing you and getting to um, spend time in your space with you. I've learned a lot of that about Instagram uh, as far as what I can tell my clients and my students to do on Instagram as it pertains to YouTube. Uh, So just unpack if you can, maybe just like two or three things that people know need to know about when it comes to YouTube and Instagram and how we can cross pollinate them. Yeah, exactly. And that's really good because one of the biggest questions I get asked all the time is how do I get more views? How do I get more subscribers? So to put it all out there, my number one motto is I don't sell views and subscribers. I sell homes. Um, I don't care if you have 10,000 subscribers. I don't care if you have 50,000 subscribers. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters when you're doing this type of work is the money in your bank account um, because that's why we're all doing it, right? What if does we were that doing sound it like? For fun, <laughs> yeah. If we were all doing this for fun and uh, you know, fun and charity, there, then we wouldn't even be listening to this podcast, right? We're all trying to figure out how to maximize our efforts. So, um, you know, if you've ever seen the movie The Social Dilemma, they do an amazing job at painting a picture that really all these platforms, when you first join them, is they're creating a lookalike. Uh, thumbprint essentially of your avatar inside of the social world. And so Facebook has one, Instagram has one, YouTube has one, and they know based on your behaviors, exactly what's going to tee, what they want to tee up for you, uh, what videos you're most likely going to watch, what's going to watch the longest. So what we see behind the scenes with YouTube is that if your videos are suggested by YouTube and it's called a suggested video. So the three that we primarily focus on are suggested uh, recommend or suggested search and, um, oh gosh, it's not coming to me, but there's three primary ones. And the, uh, the ones that YouTube suggests the average view durations are typically twice as long as the ones that people are manually searching for. And the, um, which the average view duration that we get on that is about anywhere from 10 to 14 minutes and the click-through rates higher and the impressions, which means that YouTube suggested it to someone and, they stop for a half a second or longer is usually in the millions. So YouTube is, is really doing a good job at trying to figure out exactly who the core audience is. So what happens is when this is one thing that agents do that's detrimental to your channel is they'll take the link from their YouTube channel or their video, and they'll start sending it to all their friends. They'll start posting it on Facebook, Instagram, because these are what marketers teach people and they just don't know what they're doing because this is another thing that drove me nuts when I got into real estate is everybody was making videos. And like I said, at the beginning, the videos that we make aren't what videos are taught because I had to put myself into the journey. And I, when I'd ask people, I'd say, Oh, are you getting deals off of those videos you're making? And they're like, no, but it's what my coach is telling me to do. And you know, eventually it'll happen. I've talked to people that have been doing videos for three years. They have 900 videos on their channel and they don't get any business. They have no subscribers and they're just being told to keep going, keep going. It's going to bust loose. And at the end of the day, like it's not going to happen. I went down that path. I know exactly what's going to happen. So when your friends and family are clicking on those links, what they're going to do is they're going to subscribe and they're going to watch the video for about one minute and then they're going to click off and then they're never going to come back to your channel. And now what you've just told YouTube is that your content sucks. That your content can't even hold an audience. So now you've just given YouTube a a false premise of who all of your audience is and that your content's bad. So YouTube is going to put you in the penalty box 
And what the ultimate goal for YouTube is, is to make money. And they're, and the way that they make money is through advertisers. And the longer that you can stay on the content, like for the people that aren't in the YouTube VIP program, you know, you pay the $15 a month membership to not see ads, right? So a lot of people don't subscribe to that. So they're seeing a lot of ads and it doesn't matter if your channel is monetized or not. YouTube's going to serve up those ads. People ask me all the time. Does it matter if I monetize my channel? The answer is no. It's going to work the same way no matter what. Personally, I used to think like, oh, if YouTube is making money off of me because they only used to they used to only put ads on channels that were monetized. Now it's on every channel. So I figured if they were only getting paid off monetized channels, of course they're gonna, you know, um, they're gonna favor the ones that are they're making money on. But that wasn't the case back then. And so we've seen over the course of two years, we have you know, we have fifty thousand subscribers, millions of views. And we can just see how we can get these channels popping super quick. And a good example is um, in Houston, Texas. That's a channel that Jackson, my business partner, started 14 months ago. It has about 50 videos. We have about 11,000 subscribers and we've known it for 14 months. And then there's an, and they're all through our recipe. And there's another channel down there that another agent that isn't with us created. And she's been doing it for seven years. She has 600 videos and she has like 2,800 subscribers. And if you look at it, like her top two videos, it's like the same style that we teach, which I'm sure she sounds founded off of our stuff, but a lot of her videos are all listing videos and those things, which you can do. It's just, that's not what the consumers are searching for. But what, what I would recommend in that situation is if you do want to do listing videos, or if you do want to do like home tours is un unlist them. So that way it doesn't count against your analytics and YouTube isn't taking that into consideration into the, uh, the algorithm that's building because YouTube is also the only platform in social media that is it's a single party user. So it's a true creators platform and they, all of us have direct access into their analytics, unlike Facebook and all those other ones where they hide it. So YouTube is very transparent and they also are a creator's platform. So it's like the, you, the creators actually policed each other. So the only way I'm going to get in trouble is if somebody turns me in and vice versa. So it isn't like there's all this policing going on in the YouTube space. Jackson, and I actually met with the, um, the, the person, the VP of legal for YouTube. Uh, he actually called us off of our YouTube channel and wanted to buy a house in Portland. He was actually going to work for Nike and he, um, told us how the whole legal system worked with YouTube and all these things. And it was pretty powerful. Um, so Every single year, like our business has been able to grow and scale and like really it's gone. And that's why every year, like our business, like took off like a rocket was because I was doing the cold calling and door knocking or actually it was cold calling and open houses. And then I got, and then when the YouTube stuff started engaging, that was in the uh, 2019. And then I kind of, and then I stopped doing all the other stuff. YouTube took over. I did 12 million off of YouTube uh, in my cold calling that year. And then the next year it went to 50 million. Um, and it was just a wild, and that's when the pandemic hit. And the crazy part about all that is, is, um, and the way that I was able to scale it up really fast too, was that I made the move to EXP on March 1st, 2020. And I met, that was two weeks before the pandemic. It was like the biggest blessing of my life. And I met one of my partners there and he said, um, you know, your business model is crazy. I've never seen anything like it. You should step out of production because you're generating all this business and you can, you know, work a healthy split with your agents. So we have a really robust process with our team. Uh, they all answer the phones. They all work with the leads. They close the deals and I get a piece of the commissions at every closing. And so I've actually started that in Portland, Oregon. We went to Seattle to, to test our process and see if we could replicate it, we went to Seattle. It worked a lot quicker. We spent one day in Seattle. We came home to Portland, filmed all the videos. And then um, 
in middle of 2020, I was in Portland. There was all the riots. It was crazy. I lived, I lived downtown. So I was literally in the middle of all of it. And I was just so tired of it. And I was, I had to get out of there and, uh, I actually moved to North Scottsdale, Arizona. And so it's funny. I'm not even licensed in Arizona yet. I have all this business around the country going on and it's the true definition of being a uh, location independent. Like a lot of agents talk about that. And a lot of real estate agents are really stuck into their uh, career as a real estate agent. I talk to agents all the time that are like, I would love to leave, but I can't because of my business. And at the end of the day, like you have to have the, um, you just have to have the confidence and surround yourself with the right people that can show you those paths to success. Like I didn't have anybody guiding me. I just had someone that told me to step out of production and then I did it. And I just figured it out along the way, you know, but when we have so many hot deals calling in, so of that hundred million, it was 193 transactions. So those are what I gave. I, like I said, I don't get paid on their uh, listings. I don't get paid on the deals that they bring to the table. Um, it's just a real, uh, a real general, g- generous uh, value exchange that we have. But um, so when people want to share their stuff on YouTube, from YouTube to Instagram and Facebook and things like that, what I suggest is um, having your editor uh, rip clips out of your content and if you have an, uh, VA editor or whatever it is, like you just have to train them to do it the right way. Uh, like you and I always discuss, like saying like, here's the right, like you could take a YouTube video and put it on Instagram, but it's not going to be the, the right content for Instagram. Like every platform needs to be treated as its own unique individual personality. So Instagram is a lot different than YouTube. So you have to just position the content in a different matter. So that way it's going to engage with your audience. And like the one thing I've learned with you is that a lot of the, the, the audience that you build is through, um, engagement, right? So with YouTube, they're engaging with us. Like we're not having to manually engage with them. And, you know, it's, it's also a lot trickier with YouTube because like, you can't see if somebody like clicks on your stuff and sees who previews it, unless they like subscribe, you can only see subscribers, right. And likes and commenters. So there's a lot of things that go into it, but I think if I was like the way that I like to do it is I like to like make my one video for YouTube have it repurposed down into bite-sized snackable content for Instagram, have it posted on Instagram, and then just let that be a, a piece of one of my pillars into my uh, content world. Because I do think that every single uh, social media platform has a viable space in the industry. Um, it's just, you have to treat them as, as unique individuals because what a lot of agents do is they take their one piece of content and they put it on every platform the exact same way. And then they always wonder why you're not, they're not cross-pollinating and getting trade-off. Like you hear agents say all the time, I have a hundred thousand subscribers on Instagram, but I have 10 subscribers on YouTube. And I don't understand why I'm trying to push everyone to these other platforms. And it's like, because that's the con that's the platform that they feel comfortable with viewing you. So if you want to go build another platform, you need to treat it as such and figure out exactly how to build that audience. Like the other thing I'm really good at is building Facebook groups that I sell high ticket coaching and courses. And I was always like spending 30 grand a month, making 30 grand a month on courses. I ended up hiring clients in community and now my courses, I'm making $80,000 a month and I'm spending 900 bucks a month, but I'm building it all through an organic Facebook group. So like I said, that's another example of using the right tools and the right platforms for what it's actually meant for, not what I think it's meant for. Because in real estate, like I've mentioned before, is that real estate is really, really good at telling you what to do when it doesn't work, which drives me freaking nuts. So that's, that's kind of like what, I, that's the way I would repurpose it and I would present it. And I mean, I think you're in agreement with it, but like from the, everything that I've gathered from Instagram and the trainings is it's really, it's about creating your, your own personal brand of lifestyle and injecting a little bit of that real estate to it, you know? Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, and thank you for all of that, by the way, and, and Instagram specifically, 
I love Instagram so much because it gives you the opportunity to be super personal. And, and one of the pieces to the way that I coach and the way that I teach, which you and I are very aligned on is creating connection first and foremost, developing conversation out of that connection. And ultimately that leads to conversion. But one thing you mentioned that I, I really like is every platform is so unique and every platform has its own individual way of generating or how you can use it to generate business. Right. So uh, you were mentioning Facebook groups. Um, I obviously handle Instagram for a living and that's kind of my space and, and you're the YouTube guy. And I think one of the things about Instagram that you mentioned that I want to piggyback on is, is the engagement piece, right? So engagement on Instagram, as you just said, looks so different than how you would engage on YouTube. Now, does that mean on YouTube, you can't actively go out and do engagement on your own, meaning like go comment on other people's channels? Well, of course you could do that, but it doesn't serve the same purpose as what that would do for you on Instagram, right? So on Instagram, if you're a real estate agent and you're trying to generate leads, you have to go out to the consumer. You have to go find what the consumer is into, um, touch, find a touch point in what I call a third place, meaning if you're trying to go get that particular type of person, um, somebody who's into motorcycles because you're into motorcycles and you have a motorcycle club that you ride in and you get a lot of referrals out of it, then that's easy on Instagram, right? Because you can go directly to the end consumer. On YouTube, you can't do that, right? You can't go to the end consumer because the end consumer probably doesn't have a YouTube channel. So they're just surfing YouTube. Um, So it's really an interesting an interesting dynamic. And I want to get really, really micro and and have you answer one very specific question because I know people are going to be thinking this, but let's say you do the YouTube video, you you record the long 10, 15, 20 minute YouTube video. Um, How would you suggest getting the raw or would you suggest using the raw video and creating micro content out of the raw video before you post it to YouTube? Uh, meaning like you have mm. the 20 minute video, you take your micro clips out of the full, the full long one, and then you uploaded the, or you upload the edited one to your YouTube channel. Uh, or would you recommend doing it a different way just to make sure that, you know, YouTube doesn't get mad at you. So every video has a thumbprint um, when you edit it. So like a lot of people are like, I'm going to take the same video and put it on multiple different channels, which would be ridiculous in my opinion. Um, it, cause it does have a thumbprint and YouTube knows. So my opinion is, uh, you just take that one video, like when it's edited and then just start ripping off clips out of that edit, like in your like editor, you know, so it'd be like create a new folder with that, you know, primary folder, um, primary file and make a new piece of content. Um, that's how I would do it. So for me personally, cause a lot of people like think editors and all this stuff are super expensive. So uh, if anybody wants a great solution to that, I work with two VA companies and one actually um, does all of my YouTube content. So it's three videos a week. They make all of my thumbnails. They do all of my editing. They do all of my posting, uh, right? All my SEO descriptions, all my titles. They even send me the titles to shoot. And I pay for three videos a week at $640 a month, or it's about 600 bucks a month. And then, so that's 12 YouTube videos a month. And then I do 90 TikTok at 90 Instagrams a month. That's three a day. And I pay an additional $600 a month. So I'm $1,200 for 212 pieces, 2,000 pieces, whatever it is. I don't even know. 212 (laughs) pieces of content, 200 pieces of 212 videos a month. And it's insane. It's a lot. And, but that's the thing is I'm only shooting my three videos of YouTube a week and I'm able to recreate all that stuff. So um, I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And so so what I do is I literally just... 
I just pull my, I pull my file, my video into the uh, file in Google drive. I never see it again. I never proof it. I never look at my content. I just let it ride. I th- we're in such like TikTok and Instagram are just going to go up and then it's going to kind of dissipate. And like, yeah, it'll stay down in your, in your story or your uh, posts, like in your grid, but like it's, people aren't really like digging through it that often. So for me, I'm like, this is a volume play. So like, let's get the content out there, you know, and a lot of agents get hung up on like wanting everything to be Steven Spielberg. They want the filters. They want to look beautiful. You know, they're, Oh dude, this is crazy. I'm like, dude, throw on a hoodie, make some content. Let's make some money. You know? Um, I'll never forget seeing your business partner, Jackson speak on stage in flip flops and basketball shorts. Cause that guy just does not, he's just Jackson. And I, it's just, you know, I think it's kind of fun and it's a good example of, of how, just be you right. And stop worrying so much about it being perfect. And, and I see this every single day. And I talk to agents every single day, multiple times a day who say, well, Michelle, I don't know what to talk about in stories. Like, I don't like the sound of my voice. Like what if my hair's not done? Um, you know, or the guys who are like, well, I don't know how to even hold the camera. And I'm like, who cares if you hold the camera down below and you're looking up at your chin, you'll figure that out after you do it and be like, man, I shouldn't have done it that way. And then it'll just get better and better as you go. Uh, but if you don't start, that can't happen. So if you are using the micro content that you discuss and or you've been talking about with us, and let's say they post that micro clip on their feed and they want to share it to their stories, should they link it to, directly to their YouTube? And, and I've definitely told people to do this, right? And maybe that's wrong of me to do. Um, but I've definitely told people, create the micro content as you mentioned, share it to stories. And then if you want to hyperlink it back to your full YouTube channel, then then do it. Um, And the reason I recommend that is because a real estate agent who's using their platform on Instagram correctly as a business, as a place to generate business, if they're sending people to the YouTube that they have, it's only going to continue to further that thought process of this is somebody who I might want to do business with. Um, Unlike the sending it mass producing it, or I'm sorry, mass sending it to your family and friends who they don't need that. Right. So maybe that's wrong. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe that's not, but what's your take on all of that? I mean, for us personally, like we, we will like, so we have an agreement that we make every agent that works on our channels, like sign. And one is if they share our links on any social platform, like they will be completely done. So we don't even tell anybody that like we're launching channels or anything like that, just because that algorithm is so powerful. And we've, we, we have all the data to back it up. That shows like, if you do, when you do link it, cause you can go into YouTube, look in the analytics you look at like where the volumes, the traffic's coming from and any like social media platform, it literally is like all like two minute or one minute average view durations. It's super low. And so, like I said, I, I don't believe that people are actually going, people that are on Instagram and Facebook are finding you because it's an entertainment platform. And, you know, YouTube is a search engine. It's like Google, you know, people go to YouTube when they want to make life changing decisions or they like want to change the dryer, uh, the dryer goes out, they're trying to figure out, or they want to change the light bulb in their car. Like, you know, the headlight, like that's where they go. If they want to like be happy and, you know, or even maybe sad for that case, they're going to those Instagrams and TikToks and like watching two, two, like 30 second videos, you know? And a lot of agents will ask me all the time, like, oh, should I be doing YouTube shorts and all these things? And it's like one of those things, like I just mentioned is like people, like we have five things that will kill your channel. Um, We have a list of them and we have it in our course and it's what we teach on. So the first thing that will kill your channel is ads. The second thing that will kill your channel is shorts. The third thing that will kill your channel is short form content. The fourth is sharing on social platforms. And the fifth is no call to action. And so like every agent's like, 
you're telling me exactly what the opposite of what everyone's taught me. And I'm like, yes, I am. It's because it's a different platform. You can pretty much lump all those other platforms together as, as uh, you know, and use that as like guide rails to get to where you're going. The thing is, is um, it just becomes a very, very different situation. And for me, when Facebook or say, let's say, for example, Instagram creates their their, uh, stories when Snapchat came out and then Instagram created reels when TikTok came out. Like there's all these, it's all this competition in the social media world. So they don't, they don't care about us. They care about themselves. So, you know, I just read this morning that TikTok increased their video time now to 10 minutes. Well, who they're competing with? They're competing with YouTube. YouTube started YouTube shorts because they're competing with uh, TikTok because it's, it's TikTok is cutting into YouTube for like the overall consumer base, but these are like 14 year old consumers. These aren't, you know, 30 to 60 year old consumers that have 760 credit score and $200,000 in their bank account, ready to buy a multi-million dollar home, you know? So if you want a bunch of 14 year olds calling you, make a bunch of short form content. If you want real high quality people calling you, make long form content and put it on YouTube where they're actually looking. That's what I say. Um, but yeah. I, I do believe that, uh, you know, this is my my personal belief is I think a lot of our YouTube clients go to the Instagrams and the Facebooks and the uh, LinkedIn's as like social proof because they want to know who they're working. Like, is this the real deal? Is this guy bullshit me? Is this guy real? Is this guy a freaking serial killer? Is he lying? Like, what's the situation? So um, I, I use all of those pillars. I use all the social p- pillars. I think they're all super valuable. And it's like you said, and, and this is the thing that I think is so cool is I teach YouTube, you teach Instagram. Like we only have enough time to focus on one craft. It's the people that are like trying to do it all. Those are the people that aren't like getting micro and being experts in their space. And that's why people will talk, you know, negatively and say, oh, I went and tried this and it didn't work. Oh, I went and tried that and it didn't work, you know? And it's also like, you have a clear expectation of saying, hey, this is a, this is how, like what our goals are along the way. And when we work with our clients, it's the same thing. These are our goals along the way. You're not going to get a mic or a viral video, maybe it'll happen, but like we have it set up so that you're going to get closings. Right. And it's all 100% inbound clients too. Like we're not setting up squeeze pages. We're not setting up, you know, drips, landing pages, any of that BS. It's all 100% people reaching out. Hey, I've been watching on YouTube. I absolutely love you guys. Can you please um, help us buy a house? We're relocating to Portland and we would love for you guys to help us. Yeah. One thing too, is you've actually helped me. Um, when I first started this podcast, I committed to, I'm going to turn parts of the clips of the podcast episodes into YouTube videos, because I think that there's a market for that. And I think that for me, one of the things I believe that I have done very well is no matter what platform you find me on, I am the same Michelle Berman anywhere you go, right? I'm the same Michelle on Facebook as I am on Instagram, as I am on now on YouTube. Um, I don't use TikTok. I haven't used Twitter since I graduated from college in 2012. And uh, for me, those big three are who or where I want and where I generate my clientele from. Um, but one of the things that you taught me and you and I've gone back and forth multiple times about this on YouTube or for my YouTube is how powerful those thumbnails are, right? So oh, yeah. instead of just using a cover photo that you make in Canva without really putting any thought into it, um, the thumbnail has actually completely changed the game, right? And, and I only have, I think, four videos on you on our YouTube channel so far because that's we just started this. Um, but you know, each video has 30 views. Some of them have 35 or one of them I think has 35, but like I have taken the time now before we create any thumbnail to make sure 
that those keywords are searchable thoughts. Um, and that's something that's really changed how I look at everything when it comes to creating content for YouTube. Um, so talk to me or talk to our audience and me for that matter about when it comes to the wording on a thumbnail, what's your thought process or the psychology behind how to choose that title. And, uh, maybe this can be your one big nugget, uh, before we wrap up. Yeah. So the, um, so the thumbnail, the thumbnail and the title is 90% of your click. Like you're going to get 90% of your clicks based on your thumbnail and your title. So the keywords in the actual, like down below, like where they, where it says like put in your keywords, like those aren't that big of a driver anymore. Cause what people were doing is they were doing what they call keyword stuffing. So the keywords didn't match like what the video was. They were just trying to grab audience. So YouTube came out about two years ago and said that that's no longer a big play. So in TubeBuddy, it's a great tool that we use. It'll tell us what keywords are actually driving the traffic. And it's literally like one twentieth of the, of the traffic. It's like nothing. And so the title though, is the description is really where the power is. So you really want to put a, a, a keyword in the title. So let's say, for example, I'm going to make a video about Instagram and real estate. So uh, Instagram marketing for realtors would be my keyword, Instagram, realtor, Instagram marketing for realtors or real estate agents. And so that's my keyword. Now it's about well, how do I change up the front end and back end of that, that keyword to make it more attractive to my clientele? So it might be Instagram marketing for real estate agents, nine things to avoid. So that's a real aggressive, actionable title for an Instagram video where it triggers your brain like, oh, wow, I want to make sure I'm not doing these nine things that are going to, that I, I need to make sure I'm avoiding these nine things because this is Michelle. She's the bomb at Instagram and she, whatever she says is the truth. So I want to click and see what she's saying. So you click on that, you know, and so that's the, that's the description. So your description always needs to be the first sentence in the uh, description your title needs to be the first sentence in the description as well. And then you need to formulate a description based around that keyword. So, and it has to be like organic too. You can't just be like, you know, you kind of have to put it into a sentence structure and inside of TubeBuddy, it actually has a little thermometer as you build out your description, it starts like filling up. So, you know, when you get to a hundred and then, um, and sometimes the keywords don't even register that great on, uh, on, um, TubeBuddy, but we just know that it's going to be clickable based on our own knowledge, or it's going to be very viral. And so the thumbnail itself needs to be 33% of you. So your face has to be on that thumbnail. 33% YouTube's came out and said that many times. It actually, it's a branding thing. And it's also when they're, they not only have um, SEO and they're not only building their um, algorithm on the video, the verbiage, but they're also building it on the thumbnail, which is crazy because it can tell you what words are on your thumbnail that are getting the most clicks. So is it uh, Instagram? Is it Realty? So let's say we know that Instagram and Realty are the top two words that you know your thumbnails are getting clicked on. Now we'd want to build that title with Instagram and Realty inside of your thumbnail. So it might be um, Instagram, or well, it would just have to be something clickable. It's not the same title. You don't want to put your description. It's another piece of marketing to get somebody on there. I'd want to make it like really kind of like clickbaity, you know? Um, are you are you doing these things or can you handle this or are you avoiding this? Are you making these mistakes? So it really triggers your emotions to be like, damn, I better make sure I uh, click on those. And for us, so we have eight titles that we give to every agent that joins any of our programs and their thumbnails, and they're all like negative. 
And the thing we have one video specifically that's gone viral in like eight markets and they all have like over a million views each. And it's the same exact video title. And it is like, people just eat up this negativity. It's a, it's a world of like, you know, negativity and that's what people want. That's what people get excited over. And they want to make sure that they're not causing themselves any pain. So it's like, everybody wants to know what they should avoid. So, you know, we're extremely truthful too. That's another reason that people call us all the time. They're like, Oh, we, if you know, I was talking to a client yesterday and she's like, um, it's miserable where I live. Like it's zero degrees today. Like all these things. She goes, is that what I say? Like in my top like nine things, why I would avoid moving to New Hampshire. I'm like, hell yeah, you're going to say that because why would you want someone to come out there and waste your time? You know? Yeah. So I think that's it's, why it's, I think it's crazy. And it's so true. Like, and even on Instagram, I tell people this all the time, your opening sentences for your captions should be clickbait like get people to care about wanting to keep reading. And this just goes to show you guys for all of you guys listening to Jesse and I, that what we teach transcends platforms. Now that doesn't mean you can't, or you can use the same day-to-day practices on every platform, but the methodology and the psychology behind how we are trying to attract the ideal clients for us is the same regardless of platform. So I get people that ask me all the time, you know, Michelle, the Instagram power method, is that only for Instagram or, you know, can I use the, the, what you're teaching on other platforms? And I say 100%. Yes, absolutely. Um, can what you're teaching people on YouTube transcend and help them be better at Instagram and help them be better at Facebook a hundred billion percent. But that doesn't mean again, that you can treat each platform as if it were the same as all the other ones. Right. So you can take the methodology, you can take the thought process of how do I attract this person? And then you have to customize the strategy to the platform itself. Um, And I think that that just goes into why, you know, you are so good at what you do, Jesse. And that's why, you know, I stay in my lane. Uh, People call me and say, hey, I need help with YouTube. I say, call Jesse, you know, Uh, and vice versa. So, Jesse, what's one thing you want the rest of uh, or our audience to take away from this? Um, And then after you give us that one big thing, if you don't mind, tell us how we can find you. Tell us what your Instagram is, where we can find you on YouTube. Um, and then also um, in the show notes for everybody, I will put the TubeBuddy link that Jesse's recommending uh, in there for you guys. So you guys can go check that out as well. Yeah. The um, the biggest thing I would say is like, like I said, it's like treat every every platform as a as its own unique thing. And if you want to like we've built and we've given, we have a channel on YouTube called the channel junkies where we have over 400 videos. We give away everything for free. Uh, we also, uh, have an amazing Facebook group that we, um, you know, we give a lot of stuff for free. We have an amazing community of agents. I mean, we have agents that we have one agent team that did a hundred million last year off of their YouTube channel in Denver, Colorado, like one channel, that's more than my 11 combined. So it was crazy. Um, so if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's Jesse, underscore YouTube, underscore realtor. And there's all sorts of fun stuff out there. But if I was picking two, I'd really just say, go to that, um, Facebook group or in the YouTube channel. And Jack's my business partner goes live every Wednesday on there. And it's just super fun. And, you know, just be consistent with whatever you do. You hear that from everyone. And I truly believe that everything works as long as you're consistent. I just happen to like a platform where people call me and I don't have to bug them. And it allows me to expand and grow rapidly without having to worry about closing the deals myself. So those are my things. Um, and yeah, we'd love to have more people uh, come and hanging out with us. Yeah. One thing I got to tell everybody listening, go join Channel Junkies Facebook group. I cannot say enough about that. I've learned so much from being in that group. And a guy, again, guys, like I'm not a practicing real estate agent. I just barely started using YouTube uh, to promote 
our podcast that you guys are currently listening to, but I've learned so much and been so inspired by what I see from other agents in that group that are just crushing YouTube. Um, and if you are not part of the Instagram power method, Facebook group, we do have a great, very engaged group as well. Go find us Instagram power method for real estate agents and loan officers. Um, it is our free group. So please join us there. And if you're not following me on Instagram, go check me out Berman media social. And other than that, thank you so much, Jesse, for being a part of my podcast, coffee and questions. I'm so excited to have you. And I know that we will have you back. Awesome. Thanks. If you enjoyed this episode, please go follow my guests on social media. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review wherever you consume this content.